Well, hey everyone, welcome to Charles River Church Online. So glad that you could join us like this today. Hey, you may notice we're somewhere different. We are outside of Trinity Lutheran Church on Center Street in West Roxbury next to Faulkner Hospital because next Sunday we kick off phase one of our regathering plan as a church. We're still gonna meet online just like this. However, after the gathering, if you're comfortable with it, we're inviting you to come to Trinity Lutheran Church to the parking lot for a drive-through and the pastors, elders, the wives are gonna be there, some of the staff. We're happy just to meet you, pray with you, uh, give you communion and also give you a gift. So next Sunday after the gathering, join us for phase one of our regathering plan. We're gonna be doing this every other week essentially through the summer. We're gonna drop a link here in the chat section for you. Grab that link, you get a more detailed outline of our regathering plan, but we are just so excited. It's been a crazy season being online, but really excited to start to slowly work to getting back together. Let me say this, absolutely no judgment if you don't feel comfortable, if you wanna hold off a little while, but if you're comfortable, come on and uh, be a part of this. It's gonna be a great time. Bring your kids in their jammies. It's gonna be great. So really looking forward to that. Back to today, we're gonna have a great gathering together today like this. Really looking forward to all that we have in store for you. I would say this, first of all, find the link on your screen for the connection card at some point in our gathering. Fill that out, let us know that you're here with us. If you're a parent, you have kids, we have some River Kids activities for them. Just grab the link for that. And then also, we wanna hear from you, we wanna communicate. So use that chat, smash that heart button, say something, say hello to somebody. What we're gonna do right now is give you about one minute just to take some time to find those things on your screen, say hi to each other in the chat, and we'll be right back together for some scripture reading and some worship.
Death has been over 
Well, church family, glad you are here. It has been a week, but I pray that your spirit is strong and your faith is up, believing that what the enemy meant for evil, God can work for good. So keep that faith alive. Trust in the Lord. He is moving and can do great things in the midst of the hardship that we're facing. Hey, if you're newer with us, welcome. We are glad that you are here as well. And I just want you to know that we as a church are a family. And so by you being with us right now, you are now officially family. So use that connection card link if you would, and just let us know, seriously, if there's anything that you need from us, we would be so happy to, to pray for you, to care for you, however we can. Hey, we're just a bunch of regular people who love Jesus and love people. And really the reality is right now that there are people 
that we are called to love who are hurting. There are people that we are called to love who have been marginalized for far too long. And as you read through the Bible, God's heart is with the marginalized. God's heart is with those who are cast down. And so that's where our heart is right now as well. So I thought it'd be appropriate for us just right now as a church family, just to open up and just pray together for those who are hurting and for our nation in this season. So let's open up by going to God in prayer. Our Father in heaven, uh, we just we just pause right now and just acknowledge that, that we're broken, we're, we're hurting. This is a, a tough spot to be in right now as, as a nation. And God, we know that there are people who are grieving right now. And Lord, I pray that as you've called us to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice, that we right now would, would weep with people who are weeping. God, your heart is with them. And Lord, help us to uh, just have your heart for them and to love them and to care for them well in this season. We really, really need you to give us eyes to see people as you see them. We need you to, to show us what it looks like to help give voice to those who have been uh, voiceless. And so I pray that they would find hope and we would find strength to help in this time of need. And then God, as we open up your word, I pray, God, that you would do something really special in this time, that you would allow your, your scriptures, your, your holy inspired word to just penetrate hearts and do something deeply transformative. We don't need just another sermon. Uh, we need you to move in our hearts. And so we commit this time to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, last week we began a series of messages that we're calling promises. We're looking at the promises of God. We need some certainty in these uncertain times. We are definitely in the midst of some really uncertain, challenging times. We don't know what the future is going to look like. We're in the midst of a, a global pandemic. There's national strife all around us. And God has some certainties for us in his promises recorded here for us in the scripture. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today. If you have a Bible, you can flip on over there. You can scroll there. We have a Bible on our church app. We'll put it on the screen for you here as well. And I know I said this last week, but I want to say it again because I really want you to hear me. If you don't have a Bible of your own back at home, uh, please let us know that you need a Bible. Just use that connection card link. And at the bottom, there's a comment section. And just in the comment section, say, I need a Bible. And we will send you a Bible in the mail if you'll give us your address. So last week's promise was a, a good one from Jesus. He says, I will be with you. The promise of God throughout the scriptures for his people is that I will never leave you or forsake you. I hope that that has just been so encouraging for you this week. This week's promise is just a great, great motivator. God promises us, I will reward. I will reward. If you're anything like me, you probably have a, a keychain that's just growing with tons and tons of, of reward cards that you can put on the, the, the little circle on your keychain there. And it just, it's, for me, it's just getting out of control. My keychain has uh, a Walgreens keychain uh, rewards card. It has a CVS rewards card. It has a Jiffy Lube rewards card, a Panera Bread rewards card, Staple rewards card. And it's, it's starting to look a little something like this. We'll put, put a picture here for you. But I've also found that my, my wallet is, is getting thicker and thicker as well with all of those coffee shop rewards cards that you buy 10 coffees, you get one free. Now, let me give you my, my coffee shop hack. Coffees one through 10, you get a small black coffee, just the cheapest thing on the menu. But then when you get that freebie, coffee number 11, that's when you go big. You know what they say, go big or go home. That's when you get the venti java chip frappuccino with a lot of pumps of this and shots of that. You go big or you go home. Rewards are great, right? We love rewards. And it seems like 
every place out there is getting in on the rewards game right now. I was at 7-Eleven the other day and found out that they have a rewards card. I mean, maybe the funeral home across the street has a rewards card. Every five, uh, that was probably inappropriate. You get it. Marketers know what's going on. They, they know exactly what they're doing. They know what motivates us, even though I think I've kind of beat the, the system with my coffee shop hack. As, as humans, we love rewards. We are wired, actually, for rewards. Neuropsychology has discovered that there's this part of the brain that they now refer to as the reward circuit, that there are pathways in our brain that release uh, this chemical known as dopamine. And at the prospect of something that we find rewarding, dopamine is, is secreted. At, at the reception of something that we find rewarding, we have dopamine flooding the, the, the reward circuit there. And, and you probably experience it or at least know someone who has experienced when you get addicted to something, you become consumed with it. When you're going to get that, that next hit or that next high or that next reward. Our, our brains are actually wired for this. The motivational effects of rewards on behavior is universally accepted by experimental psychologists. Now, if God is creator and God is the designer, it seems as though God specifically and intentionally designed us this way. Fashioning our minds in such a way, fashioning the reward circuit in such a way that we want to pursue reward. We want to pursue reward. Now, ultimately, what we receive with reward is the experience of pleasure. And when we pursue the reward, uh, we, we, we experience some kind of measure of pleasure, whether it's a free coffee or a massive discount or a free airline ticket or, or just some kind of high or, or maybe even just simply human approval, applause and, and praise. And so I, I just think today's promise couldn't be more applicable to where we find ourselves at right now as humans. Today's promise is a fulfillment of God's design, biological, the way he, he created us. It's I will reward. God promises us, I will reward. And so Matthew chapter 6, right in the middle of Jesus's most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, many people see it as just this new moral code. But, but really what we see in, in the Sermon on the Mount is this countercultural way of living for God's people, the, the Jesus way of living, ultimately the kind of life that is most rewarding. But it is so countercultural. It is so different. You see this from, from the very beginning uh, in Matthew chapter 5. We're looking at Matthew 6, but in Matthew chapter 5, the beginning of the sermon, his opening lines are, blessed are the poor in spirit, for their reward, essentially, is the kingdom of heaven. He goes on, blessed are those who mourn, for their reward is God's comfort. Blessed or happy or pleasured are the meek, for their reward is the entire earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for, for righteousness, for their reward is satisfaction. He'll keep going, but that, that last blessed that, that Jesus gives us is in chapter 5, verse 11. And he says, blessed are you, when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you on my account. So would, should we be surprised when we don't get this broad acceptance in our culture as followers of Jesus? No, we shouldn't be surprised at all. He says, but when that rejection happens, verse 12, you rejoice and you be glad, for your reward is great, he says, in heaven. And so the ultimate question for us today is, would you rather man's reward 
or God's reward? Would you rather the rewards that mankind, humans, can give you, or would you rather the rewards that God can give you? And, and let's rest assured, mankind can give us all kinds of great rewards. Marketers, marketers will entice us with this all the time. Lots of great offers, temporary highs, but, but they're just that. They're, they're temporary. So now, with all of that in view, listen to uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be done in secret. And your Father who sees in secret, catch it, he will reward you. He sees what's done in secret, and he will reward you. So, would you rather man's rewards or God's rewards? Man's rewards or God's rewards? The first thing that Jesus does in this passage here is he puts man's rewards and God's rewards at at odds with each other. He says there is the Father's reward, verse 1, and there's their reward, verse 2. Verse 1, Jesus warns us, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people to be seen by them. Oh my word, this is so applicable. This could not be more relevant than what's going on this week coming off of the infamous photo op. You know what I'm talking about. Jesus says, beware, beware. And that is a a strong word. You've seen the sign, beware of dog, right? Beware is a strong warning. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen. Now, before we all say, yeah, that's right, go get them, pastor. Don't let yourself off the hook here. We all have to to ask ourselves, how do I practice righteousness before others in order to be seen? Because I think we all do it. I know I have have done it. I think we all, all do it. Uh, These past weeks, for example, it's, it's been very easy to get caught up in public righteousness. Yes, it is important for us to speak up and to say something and to do something, but to what end? To what end? Beware that you're not doing it in order to get the approval of other people. I like what you said there. That's good. Well done. Good word. We're not doing it to get the applause of other people for saying the right thing or something that was so strong or eloquent. What's the reward that, that, that we find pleasurable? We, we all have to ask that question. What is it that you find pr- pleasurable? Is it a like or a, a heart or a view or a number of subscribers? Or is it just simply a good old-fashioned thank you or an acknowledgement for your good deed? We are in a culture right now with social media that absolutely feeds on this. I often make the joke that, hey, if it didn't get put on Instagram, it never happened, right? If a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, did it make a sound? Well, if it didn't get put on Instagram, it probably never actually happened. We, we really need to be careful that we don't just long for, desire that hit of dopamine that floods our minds when we get the likes and the subscribers and the comments and the human praise and the acknowledgement. Because I think we've all experienced the, the letdown, that it just never fully does it for us. Maybe you get a little something in the moment, but, but it always seems to leave us longing 
for more, right? The first one's free, and then we want to get more and more and more. That song we sang last week, Graves the Garden, I love that one line, man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. You've probably learned that. It's, it's never enough. You need to get more praise, more acknowledgement, more likes, more comments, more views, more subscribers, more pats on the back. Look at the example that Jesus gives us in, in verse 2 here. He says, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. You can picture this, right? Someone preparing to, to give a generous gift in the synagogue, but before they do, they sound the trumpet. They sound that trumpet. Attention, everybody look at me. And this might even from Jesus be a really brilliant play on words because in the temple in Jerusalem, the, the temple treasury had these receptacles. There were boxes, but on top of the boxes, there were these, these, these places where you could drop the money in and give your financial contributions that had like a, a trumpet-shaped mouth on them so that as people dropped their coins in, large sums of money, it made this huge sound, kind of like a slot machine in, in, in Vegas, right? You, you, you hit the jackpot and just ching, 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 ching. Just picture this. It would sound something like this when you put lots of money in. Something like this. That draws a lot of attention. That's that's loud, and everybody sees, and everybody cheers, and everybody celebrates. Wow, what an amazing gift. And so the play on words from Jesus here might have been, don't sound the trumpet, because these receptacles had this trumpet-shaped mouth. Don't try to get people's attention. What does he say in verse 2? He says, truly, truly, I say to you, they have their reward. They got the reward. Everybody heard it. Everybody celebrated. They got man's empty praise. You may have heard the story of the, the widow's offering in, in Mark chapter 12. Uh, Jesus is with his disciples in the temple there. In verse 41, it says that he sat opposite of the treasury where those receptacles were with the trumpet-shaped mouths. And, and it says that, that many people are putting in those large sums of money. Now, we're not talking about somebody writing a check and dropping a paper check that floats to the bottom of the receptacle. We're not talking about bills being dropped in. We're not talking about Venmo. We are talking about large sums of coins being dropped into the receptacles. And again, what do large sums sound like? It sounds like Vegas. The sound of many coins would have made a scene. People would have said, wow. Praise the Lord. What a sacrifice. What a gift. We can do so much good with all this money. But you know who said nothing? Jesus. He said nothing until verse 42. It says that a poor widow came and she put in two small copper coins. Didn't make much of a sound. Wouldn't have drawn any attention, but you know what Jesus does? He calls his disciples over to him excitedly. Get over here, guys. Who noticed? Nobody else noticed, but Jesus noticed. Jesus saw what was going on, and he celebrates this woman's generosity because she gave out of all that she had. She gave sacrificially, and she gave as a marginalized poor widow, as an overlooked person that people just didn't care about in that day and age. He Notice, he saw her and he cared deeply for her and he celebrates her humble act. Nobody else saw, but Jesus saw. Let me ask you a question. 
Will you do the right thing even if nobody notices? You can know this. If nobody else notices, the Lord notices. And if Jesus notices, it's absolutely worth it. Listen, God's opinion is the only opinion that matters. I'm telling you, you have not experienced true freedom until you have experienced freedom that comes from only caring about what God thinks and not what other people think. Many of us, on the other hand, know the slavery that comes from constantly seeking the approval of other people. But God wants you to know the freedom that comes when all you care about ultimately is His approval and pleasing Him. His opinion is the only opinion that matters. So back to, to Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, if you get temporary approval from people, congrats, you did it. There's your reward. It's momentary. Good for you. A quick high. However, if you get God's approval, it lasts for all eternity. And so verse 3, he says, but when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, he says, when you give, when you, when you do acts of righteousness, don't be public about it, but be discreet in such a way that your left hand wouldn't even see that your right hand is giving. Now, now Jesus wouldn't want us to be legalistic about it. If someone happens to see you do something great or God-honoring, it doesn't nullify your action. It doesn't nullify your reward. Jesus is saying, just, just pay attention to your heart. In this COVID-19 season, it has been so beautiful, just the ways that you guys have stepped up and, and have just been there to, to meet needs because unemployment rates are rising, depression rates are rising, and so many of you have just been generous to, to give to help meet needs of people who are, are struggling financially. Uh, you've been generous with your time to care for those people who are just emotionally struggling and, and man, I, I commend you for that. Uh, but for so many of you, it's just been completely anonymous. Nobody knows about it, but rest assured that Jesus knows about it. He sees, verse 4, that you're giving that has been in secret, but it's not a secret to the Lord. Do not practice your righteousness for man's approval. You do it for God's approval. And what God sees, you do in secret. What's the promise? He rewards you. He rewards you. We don't entirely know what that looks like. My mom used to say, you get another crown or jewel on your crown in heaven. I don't think you're going to be getting a bigger mansion in heaven. I don't, that, listen, he gives you eternal rewards. And what a hope for us to, to just keep doing the right thing and honoring the Lord with our lives, knowing that that reward is coming. It's great in heaven. God sees what is done in secret. Parents, what a great lesson for you to take now and to share with your kids that God sees what is done in secret. Are you only going to do what's right when other people are looking? Or are you going to do what's right when, when nobody's looking? You can know that God sees. Now, let's get back to the promise. I will reward. Verses 5 and 6, Jesus uses another example uh, of, of practicing your righteousness before others. Check this out. He says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners that they may be seen by others. He says, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, you God's people, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then he goes on and gives us the Lord's prayer. So 
not unlike those showboaty givers in the temple treasury there. Some hypocrites, he says, love to pray out loud and love to pray in public places. Verse 7, as we read, goes on and says that they use empty phrases, lots of words, thinking the more words they use, the more likely they are to be heard. My mind just keeps going back to the movie Meet the Parents and, and Greg's famous prayer uh, in front of Robo, Robert De Niro to get his uh, approval. He, he prays, And we thank you, O sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for this smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day, each day, by day, day by day. O dear Lord, three things we pray, to love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day by day. Amen. It's, it's too funny. And other people, and Robert De Niro might be impressed with your eloquence and with your many words and maybe even your great theology, but God, he already knows what you need before you even ask him. So when you pray, pray in private places, pray not to be seen by other people, and God sees in secret, and he sees in secret, and he says, I will reward you. I'll reward you. And so the question to all of us is, does your faith extend beyond the public eye? Does your faith extend beyond the people that you know are watching you and you enjoy the fact that they see your faith? Is your faith real? Is it there when nobody else is looking? Does it extend beyond Sundays? If not, it's not faith in God. It's PR. It's public relations. It's bogus. It's bogus. Now, those are hard words, I think, for us to hear, but they are so needed. As you look through the life and the ministry of Jesus, he lifts up the lowly. He lifts up the hurting. He lifts up the marginalized. He lifts up the oppressed, but he is unbelievably stern with the hypocrites and with the self-righteous and the perception managers. He gives them very hard words. And so, closing thoughts for us. Is your faith in God the real deal? Is your faith in God the real deal? We need to do some soul searching as a follow-up from this. God, is my faith real? Maybe you already know. You don't even need to pray and have God illuminate that truth to you or not. You, you just know that you, you've, been, you've been faking it. You've been putting on a show for people that you want to, to see. Maybe you're practicing spirituality for your parents. Or maybe you're practicing spirituality so that he or she will date you because they love the Lord, but you don't, but you're going to put it on for them. Maybe you're practicing spirituality solely for your children so that it will be this great like moral support, moral compass for your family. Maybe you're practicing spirituality because of some friendships that it affords you. Uh, examine your heart. God, examine our hearts. Is our faith the real deal? Another thing I want to ask you just to, to, to kind of close this thing out and to think about our own lives is what are the rewards that are motivating your life's actions? What is it that, that motivates you to, to live the way you live? I think there are two options. There's the immediate reward or the eternal reward. Being rewarded by man, being rewarded by God, being rewarded by people, or being rewarded in the end by God himself when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. It's your choice. It's your choice. Now, in light of the promise, I will reward. Here's Jesus's later challenge that comes later on in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Here's what he says. He says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, 
where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Rewards are a tremendous motivator. But one option has a shelf life. One option, the stuff will get rusty, will burn up, moths will destroy. The other option lasts forever. It's your choice. It's your choice. He will reward every act of faithfulness, every gift, every sacrifice, every word spoken in love, every moment that nobody else sees, God sees. Like that poor widow, though everybody else would have been enamored by the righteousness of the big givers, nobody else would have noticed her. Jesus noticed her. Or like in Luke chapter 8, the woman with the discharge of blood. I think one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, verse 47 of Luke chapter 8, says, When the woman saw that she was not hidden. This woman had a moment where she saw that she was not hidden from Jesus. And I want you to know, been faithful, you are not hidden from Jesus. What is done in secret, he sees and the promises he will reward. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for the reality that you reward. You reward. And you see the faithfulness of that, that mom who is working so hard. And it's not seeing the, 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 the sleepless nights and the, the exhausting days or, or that dad who was, who was just working so hard and, and, and just being faithful in the workplace when other people are maybe taking shortcuts to, to get the upper hand, hand in, in the, the career. They are, are being faithful to you and doing what's right for those people who are, are prioritizing being with you and, and nobody else is seeing it, but they are seeking you and they are studying your word and they're trying to grow close to, to Jesus. For the people who are, are just being faithful with their, their, their giving or with their time or with their, their, their conversations and, and not joining in on the gossip all around, the people who are just seeking to be faithful, may they be comforted in the fact that maybe nobody else notices, but you notice and you reward. And so, God, we're so thankful for that truth. God, we're thankful for that truth. May we be motivated by the, the, the promise that you reward us and that you are awaiting to give us a great inheritance, a great reward. May we live the rewarding life on this earth, not that we seek the rewards that the world offers us, but that we just constantly live in the great reward of walking with you and having the God of the universe beside us. And so, Lord, I commit my friends to you right now. Lord, I pray that they would know that you see them and you love them and you do and will reward them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for that encouraging and challenging message. I know uh, a lot of times it takes a kick to the gut in order to get pat on the back, and I know that that's, that's what that did for me, and I, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, we do have one clarifying question. I know a lot of people are thinking about this as well. I want to just clear it up. Um, how do you know what a Vegas slot machine sounds like, Pastor? Oh, is that what they're thinking? That's okay. what people are thinking, for sure. I was on a cruise, Boston to Bermuda, and uh, oh, okay. Okay. just to be clear, Check I don't out. hang out in Vegas all the time. 
checks out. <laughs> well, hey, uh, let's get serious for a moment, can we? Please. Leave me alone. <laughs> hey, uh, our uh, question I just want to ask for you, just to help us kind of process this a little bit, just what are some of the reward options that you have to choose between? Like man's reward, God's reward. What are some of those options for you? For sure, yeah. I, I, for sure, it surrounds social media. I yeah. mean, I know that uh, I can post something that's going to get likes and thumbs up, and that's going to make me feel really good about myself. Um, but most of the time, I have to just not do that because yeah. it leads me into a darker, angrier version of myself. So sure, I know that sure. I have to. I could get man's reward through doing that, but I, I, I avoid. I use social media for what it's for: listening and watching um, talented musicians, which yeah. is why it was that's, built in the first place. So, so now would not be the appropriate time to tell everybody right now to like and subscribe. <laughs> okay. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Well, hey, I did want to make uh, one major point of clarification around the sermon. I think that's just really, really important is to differentiate between uh, a reward and a gift. Absolutely. Right? A reward is something you get because you've lived a certain way or you've earned it. Right. right. Um, and so we get rewards for school or, you know, things that we do for work and, and God or wants for, to Or for being on a t-ball team. You, yes. get, you get your trophy at the end of the year. <laughs> your participation. But that's more of a gift. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's a reward, I suppose. And, uh, and a gift, however, is something you get because the person who is the giver loves you regardless, right? Absolutely. And so I'm going to give my kids birthday presents. Don't tell them this, but I'm going to give them <laughs> birthday presents no matter what, right? No matter what, they're going to get a birthday present every year because I love them. It doesn't matter their behavior the day before the birthday. I'm not going to say sorry, no skateboard, right? They're, they're still going to get it, right? And uh, uh, I believe it's Romans chapter 3, 323, uh, says that uh, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's a free gift, right? Yes. And that's what differentiates our faith from every other worldview. Right. right. We it's didn't a earn free it. free gift of grace. Right. Absolutely. It's not about your performance to, to get God's approval. It's about God's performance that he lived the life we couldn't live and died the death that, that we deserve in our place. And if we would just accept his life, his gift of his life, then we're made right with God. And Absolutely. so I would say this, that if, if any of you are watching right now and you never received the gift of God, that's your initial step. Uh, it's not trying to go earn rewards, but to receive the, the gift of God. Uh, that comes in trusting in Jesus, and you can be made right with God. And uh, that's, that's the best gift known to man. It's the good news. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's what we call the gospel, the good news. And then from that, um, out of your love for Jesus and your gratitude for what he's done for you, you can live your life in a way that, that honors him and obeys him, and he rewards that. But that's not what earns you right standing with God or gets you into heaven in the first place. That's the key. Absolutely. That's, that's for sure important, important. So, hey, here's what we want to do. We want to give you just a couple of questions just to help you reflect on the sermon uh, before we wrap up. And so uh, here's question number one. Question number one is, what are man's rewards that you find yourself seeking in this life? Because I think we all have these things that we are drawn towards and we want to get man's, whether it's approval or we want, you know, big money or whatever the rewards that we earn are in life um, that aren't the rewards from God. So what are those for you? It's good to start by just identifying. You got to identify them in order to, to know how to fight against them. Yeah. And um, the second question is, how would living in light of God's eternal rewards change how you live day to day? Uh, how would your day-to-day -day life change if you mindfully or kept in mind the fact that God is going to reward you for what you do today? Yeah.
Yeah, it'll definitely change the way you live. No for doubt. Sure. For sure. So uh, what we want to encourage you to do is just take some time with that. After we, we wrap up here, just take about at least three minutes or so. If you're by yourself, uh, spend some time with those questions. Uh, if you're gathered with other people, we're starting to now involve some smaller watch parties. Uh, and so if you're gathered with other people or if it's your family, just take some time to ask those questions, help you guys process uh, what we, we've worked through uh, today from Matthew chapter 6. Uh, now is our time of response. And so I just want to point you to the connection card link. If you'll find that on your screen, and at some point here, click that. Let us at least let us know that you're here. Give us your name and your contact info. And uh, maybe today you want to trust in and follow Jesus for the very first time. You want to receive that, not reward, that gift that comes through Jesus. Uh, then, then we would just love to, to know that, celebrate that with you, and we'll just send you something in the mail. So check that on your connection card, or if you have some questions about that, let us know in the comment section, and we want to help you uh, just to learn more about uh, just receiving the, the gift of God uh, that comes through Jesus. And then also, uh, now's the time where we just want to invite you, if you're prepared to, to give, to help us get this amazing message that, as Kevin said, is just so different uh, to the ends of the world, uh, now's the time where you can give if you're prepared to do that. And you give anonymously, and what is done in secret, God rewards. And so uh, we would love to invite you into that. We have three ways that you can give. You can give online, uh, you can give through the church app, or you can give by mailing into the church PO box. And so uh, take some time with that. There's a link on your screen there at some point if you're prepared to give. Uh, we're really grateful for the way that everybody's been, been giving in this season, been able to do all kinds of great things. And uh, man, just praise God. It's for been that. awesome. It's yeah. been awesome. Yeah. Um, we also want to point your attention to our River Kids materials. Uh, they're just great resources resources for you, mom and dad, mom or dad, to, to walk through um, a follow-up uh, from what we've been talking about this morning with your children, some great activities. And if you do those things uh, and get in touch with uh, one of the River Kids directors, either Rachel or Pam, and let them know that you did those things, they're going to send you a, a free gift in the mail as well. So make sure you do that. Um, yeah, as well. It's so good. I've been doing that with my kids and uh, just just really, really rich stuff to help them learn what you're learning. And you feel better equipped to, to disciple your kids because you've heard it here, but then you also get a guide to walk through that with your kids. So really, really good. Hey, uh, this past Monday night, we had a church family meeting and let the church know our regathering plan. And so we're going to drop a link in now for you where you can click on that and kind of see our, our three-phase regathering plan. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's still up in the air. A lot of things are uncertain, uh, but we want to have something that we're targeting towards. Phase one is locked and ready to go. And so phase one starts next Sunday. We are so excited about that. Uh, we're going to be online just like this, but for those of you who are comfortable, and we'd love to invite you to be a part of this, right after our gathering online, we're going to meet at Trinity Lutheran Church in Boston's West Roxbury neighborhood uh, in their parking lot. It's just going to be a drive-through. And so, I don't know, think McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts, right? Yeah. It's going to be a drive-through. Uh, but you get to drive-through, and some of the pastors and the, the elders and their wives and staff will be there. And we're just excited to pray with you and to uh, give communion uh, if you'd like to receive the communion elements and give you a little gift. And so we'd love to have you be a part of that. It would be 1130 to 1230. You can drop in any time. Uh, so just wrap up the, the online gathering, do the discussion questions that we'll give you next week, and then just swing on over to, uh, to Trinity Lutheran uh, in West Roxbury. And again, click that link and you'll get the address and all of that. But 
really excited. Cannot wait. And if you don't have a vehicle and can't make it to the drive-through, let us know and we will absolutely come to you after after 12:30. So, if you live in the state, I should say. <laughs> we have a lot fair. of people watching from all over that's the country fair. and world absolutely. even. So, yeah, uh, within a within a 20-mile radius. That works. Yeah. There's a, that's our <laughs> caveat there. Good. So, hey, love you guys. Thanks for uh, being with us today. Hang in there. Know that you're prayed for. I know this is a really challenging season, but man, when it is dark, the light is just uh, so visible. And so let's, let's be bright in this season as God's people. Love you, and we'll see you soon. God bless you guys.